Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you're enjoying Pirate Living Podcasts and all the content we bring to you each week, you can support us and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living. Other ways you can show your support as well, subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast, rate and review our show, and share this podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we highlight ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today we are chatting with Ellie Henson, also known as the Lioness. She is a movement and music educator. Ellie helps others forge new paths for themselves by helping them think outside the box. She is also on a mission to get a rope into everyone's hands and is bringing fun to movement through her rope flows. And Ellie, we are excited to be talking with you today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, you and I have talked on and off for a couple of years now, but <laughs> you've had um, a, a, a pirate journey that you've been on, um, and we'd love for you to tell us about it. So where it started and how it got you to where you are today. Yeah, so for me, it really started when I got a mace in my hands, which was early in 2020, January 2020. And it was the first time that I really fell in love with movement. It would like up until that point, it was extremely difficult for me to be consistent with a routine and find something that I like. You know, I've done the Planet Fitness thing, I've done the um, beach body thing, and never really thought of myself as athletic or a mover. And so I had some knee issues that I developed um, just because I didn't know any better. And so once I got a mace in my hands, I could not put it down. And it was such a blast. Uh, so fast forward two months and COVID hits. Uh, and luckily I had a mace. So between teaching online music uh, classes for the public school that I was working for, um, I would grab my mace. I would do it in the morning. I would have it at lunch. I would do it at nighttime. It took one day, I remember very specifically, I took um, like four mace classes online in one day. And yeah, it was super sore, but it was just absolutely incredible. Like the creativity that I was experiencing, um, which was previously something I had only been able to express through music, um, especially jazz. So this was a really cool outlet for me to start exploring. And then through those classes, meeting other people and beginning to explore my inner world as well and ask myself some questions. Uh, so that led me to the Steel Mace Flow 
online certification, which led me to Enlifted uh, via Jeff. So he was kind of my, he was my gateway, take out the kind of into this whole experience of inner and outer world. So thank you, Jeff, for that. And uh, meeting, meeting you, Kristen, and meeting all of the folks on my level one cert. And it was, it was definitely uh, tough to acknowledge and look at some of those inner stories. And it was absolutely incredible to begin to build that awareness and lift myself up to a higher level. And there's always more layers of learning, but I have absolutely loved where it's taken me. And I've learned some amazing lessons along the way. I've gotten to do some of your rope flow. So that's been, that's been fun for me to find new ways through movement. Um, and yeah, with the education part too, like you and I have had conversations about how, how your words that changed the way that you were educating too. And do you mind sharing a little bit about like once you did and lifted and learned about the language part, like how that shifted for you in education and also the movement part that you were doing? Yeah. So that was still while we were having a little bit of the hybrid model. So we had some kids in person. I was teaching a band at high school at this point. Um, so we had some in person, we still had some online and we were doing this kind of strange hybrid. And there were moments where um, I had learned some and lifted and finished the certification yet, but we were still completely virtual. And it was very apparent to see just the, the loneliness and the, the almost like devastation and depression on the kids' faces. And I absolutely did not blame them for not, you know, not wanting to be on Zoom for eight hours a day. You know, I, I absolutely got that. And then trying to make music, like making music is a, it's not only a self event, but it's a community event at the same exact time. And so we're really missing that community aspect because you can't unmute 30 kids at the same time and have them play and have different internet speeds. It just simply doesn't work. Um, so I began to sprinkle in uh, like two or three minute little meditations, uh, began to sprinkle in Wednesday wins, like stuff that they were experiencing in their, in their lives. Like some folks were starting to learn how to drive a little bit early because you know, they had some time or, you know, they were maybe exploring getting a job or helping learn how to bake or, um, stuff of that nature. And then we even played a couple of language games on Zoom at the end of rehearsal. We had a few extra minutes or we would intentionally stop a little bit early to play those games. And the kids had some great experiences with them. Um, that was with my big concert band class. So in uh, some of my smaller classes uh, that were more focused on individualized approaches, I had a low brass instrumental class that was geared toward folks who wanted to dedicate that class time for preparing for some high level auditions um, and groups that we have around the state of Texas. And so for them, I focused more on the goal setting aspect that Enlifted had taught me and it had been very effective for me. And so I wanted to give that to them as well. So we made some goals, we structured them, uh, we put them in places that they could see, which was really easy since they were at home and they always knew they had the computer, practice stand, metronome, tuner, and then elliptic gold pyramid setting and all of their um, their dates that they wanted to accomplish things by. So that was really cool as well uh, to get to share those things with my students and then see their progress. And 
even I did a couple of the, the meditations of breathing with them, two or three minutes. Uh, so I wanted them to dip their toes in the water without requiring them to do like a 20 minute meditation. So that can be very daunting, even, even for adults. Um, and so for me, it gave me the language side of things gave me more perspective and compassion for what they and I were all going through collectively during that time period. Um, and then, you know, what everybody else in the entire world was experiencing during the time period, but specifically focusing on who I was impacting right in front of me at that moment was really, really cool to have the opportunity to share that with them. Very cool. Um, you talked about Steel Mace, which I mean, I love and I got to um, do some teaching here in Vancouver. Um, how did you go from steel mace to uh, rope flow? Good question. Uh, so rope flow came to me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend sent me slush ropes, uh, like, hey, look at this thing she's doing. It looks like fun. And so I messaged her on Instagram. I was like, yeah, can I order one of these? And at that time, she was still selling them on Etsy. It was like the first rope she ever made, which I still have. And I still love, like, it feels really good. You know, that, like, OG piece of equipment you just have, like, a really deep connection to. Um, so I ordered it, and it came November 2020, like, right at the beginning. So... Yeah, that was almost almost a year since I had discovered the steel mace, but not quite. And it was the same thing. It was the same instant love connection. Like, I was doing it all the time. I had it in my car. Uh, my students, my high school students have experienced both the rope and the mace. I'm like, oh, here's this crazy thing. I'm going to go do it in the parking lot at school for like five minutes. You want to come see what I'm doing? Um, because I viewed that, you know, sitting down in a hybrid computer model, sitting down a lot during the day, I needed to move. And, uh, it was the same creation feeling that I got from the mace and then previously from music and the same ability to learn and then break the rules because you learn the foundations of mace and music and then of, of rope and then you get to throw them out the window and let your body and your soul do what it wants to do and just express in an infinite amount of patterns, which I love. You can't tell. <laughs> not at all uh yeah I Ellie brought like five ropes at least five ropes in her car um a mace and all kinds of other tools of movement when I first got to meet her in person in Austin so I can attest to the fact that her car comes loaded with all these movement tools <laughs> and she will take them out and show you how to use them if you ask hmm. probably if you don't ask yeah <laughs> <laughs> And so with the, um, the work we are doing both with like your students and with, um, teaching like rope flow, what is the social rebellion that you started or starting with the work you do? So I've, I, okay. I have a ton of ideas and I feel <laughs> that I cycle through a lot of them and I generate a lot of them. So I have this pile of ideas here and the current one I feel most passionate about is finding ways to teach healthier movement mechanics to student, high school student musicians and finding ways to better meld that with sprinkling in breath work, sprinkling in some mindset work and healthy movement 
and music so they get the full gamut. So I have this current idea because I'm no longer employed by the public schools because I decided to pivot into movement coaching, which I've gotten some experience in in the last year. And I've loved getting that experience. And now I want to marry both of them together because I'm very passionate about both of them. And I believe that there are a variety of ways to increase uh, a better relationship with fitness, with movement, while you're getting that musical fulfillment. So that's my current one that I'm working on. And because I felt somewhat limited in the public school system, uh, I have, I don't want to share what it is yet, but I have a large idea that I'm very excited about. I'm going to work on developing in this next year with the hope to launch it next summer. Stay tuned for next summer. Yes. <laughs> um, and what was it about a year ago you were um having a hard time or your back you were having back pain you were having a hard time getting movement doing movement because of your back so do you mind sharing a little bit about that and then how that also affected what like how you move now um maybe what you learned along the way too, and how your mindset with the words that you were using also helped you with that. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit over a year ago, I had a pretty significant spine injury, which was about a month after I decided to leave my public school job and become a full-time movement coach. Um, so this, this uh, spine injury was pretty harsh. I couldn't walk for over three weeks. Um, I was stuck in bed with not much help from the variety of doctors I was trying to get information from and learn how to get back at it and heal. Um, so very fortunately, I would say very fortunately, I was in level two at this time for Inlifted. And I a thousand percent believe if I had not gone through one and was not currently in level two, that I would not have healed and survived the injury in the way that I did. Um, it was very challenging on a mental and emotional level uh, to have that taken away from me, to have every movement taken away from me. Even laying down, which was the only position I could exist in, was still painful for a good chunk of time. Um, and so I remember Mark even called me and he got on he got on a call and he talked me through and gave me some tips about how I can start to bring a smile back to my face and breath back into the body. And uh, I ended up graduating level one, still propped up in my bed, but with my lion tracksuit on because hell yes. And uh, I, that, was, that was a big joy. That was a big spot of joy for me. But it took a lot of self-research and and um, taking ownership of my healing into my own hands. Um, I saw a few different neurosurgeons and pain management specialists and none of them really helped much. So I did some research and started my own aqua therapy. Um, I was talking to a lot of enlifted people who were giving me lots of encouragement, which was absolutely incredible. Um, and then I started to heal, uh, paying attention to my food, trying to get outside, trying to increase my movement a little bit at a time. Like it was injury, pain was so bad. Like I, I couldn't do anything on my own. I couldn't sit up to eat. I couldn't use the bathroom. I couldn't take a shower. Um, 
it was just, I was in complete tears after like 20 seconds. Uh, so that started to increase. And then I finally found a chiropractor that helped me walk again. Um, he had some healing techniques and he was the first doctor who paid attention to more than just what was going on physically. And he was paying attention to the mental and emotional side of things as well. So for me, that started me even more so on how can I help heal others from, cause I had my own movement dysfunctions and I still have my own movement dysfunctions. And that's, that's cool because I am my own long-term project and my own, um, creation and inspiration factory in that way. So as I experience things, I feel that I am more capable of helping others through their injuries now because I understand what it feels like and what the strain is like on a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual level. Um, so that I wanted to be more knowledgeable in how to do that. Uh, and, and that's where Gymnazo came from. And I did the multi-dimensional movement coaching program with them, which was just a game changer. Uh, I learned so much about human biomechanics, um, how to tweak for pain, what to look for, not what to think, but how to think. Um, it was like Pandora's box was just like blown open. And it still, it still is giving me inspiration in the variety of topics that it covered, how to be a like more effective coach, how to be a better coach, how to uh, make workouts not only functional, but also fun, like all the time and variety. And so you're working on the, the body and you're also working on the mind. And it's, uh, it's been a really cool journey. And so I spent a lot of time in this past year focusing on movement, um, been teaching rope flow online for over a year now and learned a lot through that process and tweaked my own curriculum through that process, which has been really cool. Started offering a level two for the folks who had already done a level one so that way they could even increase their skills and creativity more. Um, and then most recently I attended the rotational movement specialist training in Austin with David Weck and Chris Chamberlain. And then that was just, whew, I mean, what an incredible day. He's the father of rope flow, you know, and all of those experiences have just culminated into, in a sense, coming full circle back to my roots where I feel at this moment that I want to provide all of this knowledge that I've accumulated to high school students. What was um, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, what was the name of that program that you, uh, you did? Just, uh, not the one with the, well, not the rope flow or the rotational one, the one you mentioned before. Oh, I missed the it. Multi-dimensional movement coaching program. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it was incredible. Highly recommend it for anybody pursuing, uh, movement education. Mm -hmm. You thinking about it, Crown? Well, I just I hadn't heard of I hadn't yeah. heard of it before. Yeah. So I mean, I'm always up for learning new things. So it's something that hadn't uh, come across my path. So I'll definitely be looking into it. Yeah. Gotta keep learning. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's cool because one of the things you do at the very beginning is you get the Clifton Strengths book. Oh yeah. Clifton Strengths. And so my, it's funny because I feel like my top three are very similar. It's like input, learner, 
And I think something else with like learning and like absorbing the information and like, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We like, we like those strength finders over here. <laughs> yeah. We're a strength finder, big strength finder people. Yeah. Learner is one of my top ones as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is in my top three? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's funny when, um, I only know my top five, I didn't do the full test, but, um, when I had taken it, um, I had my friend Patty, she had, she, she had brought me through it afterward with the results. And she's like, oh yeah, my number one was maximizer. And she's like, yeah. So as maximizer, like you see details where other people might not. And she was listing off some things where, um, and the, the test itself too, in the description are listing off some things where I was like, interesting. These are things that I qualified as annoyances about me. I qualified them as annoyances about me. And I was like, it's interesting that my number one strength is the thing that I was telling myself most is annoying people. <laughs> That's a hundred percent the same. My uh-huh. top strength is competition. I was like, that's terrible. Like being, <laughs> I'm like best at being a competitive person, but realizing how to use that as your strength, um, rather than, mm-hmm. like you said, seeing it as something that's like bad about you, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, is it such a different like mindset to, to just how you are as a person? <laughs> yeah, I had a similar, I am um, my number five strength. I felt really bad about so it's like, significance. And I was like, oh, it feels wrong to want significance or want to be significant. So I had a hard time digesting that one. So I, that was the one I actually looked into more <laughs> the other strengths because I was like, how and why did this come up? Very interesting. But again, like y'all said, it's a cool opportunity to lean into that strength and more being okay with being seen and providing these strengths to the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm curious if over time they change too. Like if, as you learn your top five and you lean into them, if you start building the other, cause they're all called strengths. So I wonder if they start building in your five, your top five change over time. I've done it twice mm-hmm. in a few years span and they didn't change. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have changed significantly in those, those years. So, um, yeah, mine did not change, um, I don't think at all my top Uh five, I'm sure the rest of them like jostled about, um, but my top five stayed constant. Well, I'm going to go on a side. We're we're on the strengths now. You got us going on strength finder now. (laughs) There there was also another one um, that's similar that Quran, was it you that introduced me? It's an online one. It's free. It's short, but you can ask your friends to also like say, what they think of you and to see what your the others that know you think of you as your strengths. Um, it's interesting to see if there's like overlap or, um, or not, cause they're not doing it from knowing what's going on inside your head. They're doing it from watching you. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, I would be super interested in that. <laughs> there is a free one that I've done with recently with, um, with my gem, um, and uh, I don't know about the like, see how other people yeah, perceive that's where, one. That is the one. You is just have, the you one? have to email people and ask them to fill it out. Mm. But, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want that feedback. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> um, and I've recently gotten into human design too. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you're talking Kristen's language. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's been really fascinating. Okay, what are you, Kristen? With the human design. Uh, well, yeah, then I'm gonna I'm gonna ask what you you are, but um, I. With human design, that was another one with strength finder. It helped me understand myself a little bit more because, um, it's a, I'm a one, three manifesting generator. So with one and three in the profile, it's that parent, uh, I say apparently, but I never looked at myself as a researcher, but I realize now, like, I actually do look a lot of things up, even if it's only Google, but like, I want to know. I want to know at least enough to know something about different topics. So like if I like at the beginning of COVID when I'm working in childcare and I knew there was going to be a lot of fear coming in, I went to science podcasts and I was like, I don't want to be in fear. I want to understand what's going on. So I would go listen to something so that I wasn't listening to all the people around me going, oh no, this is really bad. I don't know what to do. Um, so that is like the research part and the other part is experimenter. So three is the experimenter part. So, um, yes, I think the one is how I view myself. The three is how others view me, but I didn't view myself as researcher. <laughs> However, now I realize I do look things up. Um, and then with manifesting generator, um, I've been getting to learn and tell myself, um, that, a big thing with manifesting generators is that they do things different. Um, they're not, I wouldn't say they're blazing the trail for others necessarily as much as like they do a lot of things, um, might do something for a little while and then go away. Um, leading more with like what feels good to do in this time. And eventually maybe this is no longer what I want to do. And I'm going to go find what feels good next. Um, and learning as well that manifesting generators tend to do things differently. They're here to show the world that you don't have to follow the, this step after that step after that one. So when I'm like, especially now with language and just when I'm building business and I'm like, this is what everybody else is doing and reminding myself, like, you don't have to do it that way. Um, part of who you are is to do it, figure out what works for you and then do it your way. So that's been with human design. That's been my fun journey and helping me learn and it goes well with strength finders too. Yeah. What about you, Ellie? Uh, I am a five, two manifester. And so I don't remember exactly what the five, two is off the top of my head, uh, mm -hmm. but it has been interesting to start research on what that means to be a manifester and I feel that it has done the same it's given me more insight into myself and how I operate and has helped me give myself more permission to do the things that I innately feel like I should do or can do rather uh which has been cool which is what you mentioned like blazing the trail doing picking this thing that I know is correct and not letting others tell me that it's not or it's not going to work or this is the way that everybody else or this is the way that the money works or whatever like those are skins that have not felt right and then it just it hasn't panned out for me and so now I'm like cool it doesn't have to and I'm glad it didn't because I'm supposed to do it the way I know best so similar I think to what you experienced uh and going out on that limb just a little bit more 
and starting things. And I've noticed that in the past, I've started big projects and then I've left those things to other people and it's seen success. And at first, um, that was a little interesting to me and almost a, a little, lots of soft talk in this, right? Uh, like, it was a little hurtful at first because I felt like I wanted success. I'm like, well, like, now all this other person is getting that. And then it was a cool flip to be, to say and see like, okay, gave a solid foundation and now they have that opportunity. Like how cool is that? And all of the people involved in that, not just for one, but the program now has all of this success and those kids have those experiences, uh, maybe with another person, but they're, and they're still getting it, which is cool. So that's been a cool flip for me. Yeah, that's one thing. Um, with manifestors too, I, I, um, I believe the idea is you, you have an idea and you need the people come to you. Like when you're set and on your, like, this is where I am, this is my track. And then people come to you and you're like, yeah, I see what you're doing. And I want to learn that. So yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun getting to lean into the strengths with the human design part too. Okay. One last thing about this. Mm-hmm. Super cool and sort of relevant. Um, but with a friend, I did this very cool, like, Lion's Gate uh, ritual and just, like, cool, creative night. And so she had a, a deck, so lots of decks, but she had a specific deck for Metatron, uh, which is cool because that is what this necklace of Amazonite is carved in that shape, which I've always thought was super cool. Um, and this, okay, also, second tangent. I bought this necklace at the very beginning of this whole journey when my whole pirate journey started because courage was calling and this is the stone of courage. Uh, and I have rarely taken it off since then. Uh, it's been on since March, 2020. So it has a lot of cool energy. Okay, sorry, pivoting back around. Uh, I just think that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. So I drew this card and I flipped it over um, and it was a man looking at a flight of stairs, holding a torch aloft in one hand, and then had a set of three keys in the other hand. And it said leadership at the bottom. And running along the side, it said answer the call. So I was like, like all of these things are coming together, no longer being concerned about what other people are thinking or afraid to put my own ideas out there and not believing in my abilities as an educator as much as others may have and uh, just going after it full-fledged and the three keys in particular the torch is obvious you know you're blazing the trail you're putting that energy forth leading the way but the keys in this moment were more interesting to me because it had symbolism of the first key saying some doors you will know are not for you so you can lock those The second key, some doors are for you to open for others. And that was a really cool realization for me as well. Uh, Because there have been both of those times where I've wanted to go through those closed doors still, but it was not for me to do. And then the same thing, I wanted to stay in those open doors, but came to the realization those were for others. And then the third key is for I'll know the doors that I am supposed to walk through. So leaning more into that intuition, getting out of the head and more into the heart. Um, I already feel it. I already feel so much cool energy from this. So I'm very excited. 
about all the things I'm working on. So cool. Do you want to tell us more about all those things that you're working on? Okay. Well, I'll tease a little bit. A tease? Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's my big project for next summer. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's one of those things, like I can't, you know, negation knowledge can't get out of my head. Um, I think this is where my big strength lies is in specifically educating high school students. And so before I wanted to make just the straight up pivot to like group coach, one-on-one private sessions. Uh, but that is not fully where my passion lies as well as not fully being able to settle into a public school role. So that means I've yet to do it in the way that I want. And so I was reflecting on what have been my greatest joys and learning experiences, uh, even as a kid, you know, and those have been at camps. Uh, I worked for a camp in Michigan for five years and some of the most transformative experiences for me, not only as a musician, but just as an educator and developing relationships with people. Um, and I absolutely loved, loved working there. It's called Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp. Um, American Pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the blue polos tucked in and the whole deal, right? The whole deal. The woods and the polos and the no cell phones and just making music. So you're literally hearing music like ring throughout the forest. And it's just, oh, it's the best. Um, and then for me, a little tangent, a tangent a lot. Um, I also worked in the international department, the jazz department. So I took student groups on tour to Europe. Uh, and I love doing that because it wasn't music for competition's sake. It was music for music's sake and for sharing the art form with others, um, especially because music is that quintessential universal language. So we didn't have to know how to speak French or Italian, although we tried and we had little sheets with us, right, to help out, but everyone understood the energy and the sound because it's, it's coded in our DNA. Music has always been with us, whether it's the pure sounds of nature, the birds singing, like that has been always with the sound of the waves crashing. And now if we were to suck music from the world, it would be colorless and lifeless. And uh, I want to share that kind of energy in a music for music's sake type of feeling. And I want to include the language and the breath work and the movement mechanics. So I started planning it out. And I was like, man, I'm going to need more hours of the day for all the stuff that I want to offer. Uh, but it is, will be an 11 day camp. So we're going to name, have like 10 right now. One. Um, and then since I have been an educator in Colorado and Iowa and Texas, I want to offer it in those three states. That's, that's cool. Um, a side question real quick because um blue lake was where american pie was based off of that that band camp what was it like like you were there after because she's she's much younger than american pie people (laughs) (laughs) you were there after that so i have a quick question on like what was that acknowledged or was like was there any just funniness because that is the camp that that movie was based off well based from (laughs) Uh, well, one, the first summer I worked there, I had no idea 
that that was the case uh, because I actually have never seen the movie. Uh-huh. I just, you know, heard the jokes a little bit, you know, as you do, you know, being one time at band camp. At a band camp, right? It's always a joke. Um, but yeah, I started to learn a little bit more about it uh, the more often that I worked there. And I can't say that there were a lot of jokes, but every once in a while it would come up. And primarily from people who saw me working there, not the people who did work. That makes mm-hmm. more sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's usually the people that aren't actually directly involved that will make the jokes. <laughs> you just see the, they see the polo and mm-hmm. yeah, you go from there. And you still wear those polos too. That's funny. <laughs> Um, so we talked earlier with you before we got on the air, just a little bit about good trouble. So what does good trouble mean to you and, and what are you doing to create it in the world right now? Well, we, like, like I did mention uh, prior, it's, it's the best kind of trouble. <laughs> and I feel like it goes somewhat in line with the quote, well-behaved women uh, rarely make history, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, it means more coloring outside the lines and following your heart and your intuition and throwing away what you've been told to do and following what you know you can do and you can offer to the world to be of service. Mm -hmm. Did we talk about making that a shirt? Um, Yeah, I'm guessing it's on shirts. So I hadn't thought of a way to make Mm -hmm. it. Um, I, I feel like I need a tool like to actually create a shirt <laughs> <laughs> because using Canva to put it on a shirt didn't seem like it'd stand out from the crowd of what there's like yeah. the other shirts that have it on, but I can, <laughs> I can put it on. I just shirt. remember having a conversation recently. I'm like, wait a minute. Hmm. <laughs> or, a, or a bandana or something. On what? Bandana. Hmm. Could, I thought I could. I bet on print pulls I can make bandanas. <laughs> <laughs> like that has so many things. I could go down a rabbit hole of creating stuff that nobody needs or wants for days on there. <laughs> I mean, needs versus wants are just very, very different things. <laughs> in in both. Again, <laughs> they don't need or want. <laughs> what it is a good reminder Mm -hmm. it is so figure out what to put that on a poster (laughs) a shirt all the things bumper stickers bumper stickers Mm. i don't know if that's a thing anymore but maybe it can be it can be be. yeah (laughs) (laughs) all the ideas (laughs) um Okay, so you've told us about Good Trouble. You've told us about your hint on what's coming up. Um, what else do you have going on like that you can actually talk about that? <laughs> well, currently, uh, I am doing my own online rope flow courses. And then I also coach strength classes virtually for Gymnasio now. So that's been really fun. And then uh, I'm just... I'm working with a high school right now. They um, just finished two weeks of band camp where I introduced healthier movement mechanics and I'm working with them on body awareness and body choreography and um, looking forward to seeing how that works itself out in the show 
and with their overall health as the season progresses. So avoiding injuries and stuff of that nature with, with what I have the scope to influence. Um, so that's going to be really fun. And I, I really enjoy working with that age group, that high school age group. Um, there's a lot of cool energy there with first coming into high school and having that transition time and being a sponge. And then there's the opposite where they're ready to leave and get out and go start their, you know, the, the real life. And uh, maybe they're going to college, maybe they're going to the workforce, maybe they have no idea. And that's also a cool space to be in to mm-hmm. provide them a whole host of opportunities and learning experiences in a safer environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're at the major experimenting with life age. <laughs> and especially now I've noticed it's even a, a tad different because mm. these uh, these classes that they're in, um, you know, I think it's like the freshman junior, freshman juniors have been primarily, you know, the COVID years where they, you know, maybe started school online, started high school like that. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps their development is a little bit different um, as a musician or even in the social structure of things. So this is the first year that all the high schools, you know, are really like game on, we're back at it. Uh, Where I do feel like COVID was a cool opportunity for us to learn a little little bit more about the education system and have the opportunity to pivot in a better way. I'm not convinced that that happened. And, uh, that's okay because there's people like you and I and a lot of other educators who can continue to educate in the way that we understand it to be best. Mm -hmm. That's where I think a door got, did get become wide open was even if the public system went mostly back to what it was before um, or not even as the same as it was before, uh, it opened the door for a lot of people to look at and be like, well, how can we think outside the box? We're going to, if this is staying inside the box here and public education has its benefits for people that can't afford private education, but what can we do to look outside of the box? And it opened up that door for a lot of out, out of the box thinking. So even if it's not in the governmental schools, there are a lot of people thinking outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, mm-hmm. I hope that we see more and more of that keep coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. And where can our listeners go to find out more about you and to keep up to date with what you got coming up? Yeah, so I am most active on Instagram. You can find me at Hardcore Henson keep up with all my crazy experiments and lots of rope swinging and uh, just my journey as it continues to evolve and unfold. Um, yeah. One, well, before we ask our last question, we uh, want to check and see, is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't asked you yet, or we can even open up. Do you have any questions that you want to ask us? Mm-hmm. Question. So y'all have been doing this podcast for a while now. What mm-hmm. has been your most transformative experience from hosting mm. a podcast? That's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> um, well, I'll speak for myself. I and I, I believe Chris has had a similar experience, um, but we just two more quiet, shy people came together and decided to have a podcast. 
So um, finding an opportunity, a platform to uh, to share our voice while really emphasizing, uh, amplifying other people's voices. Um, you know, we don't necessarily do a whole lot of talking on this podcast, um, which I think is, is great because we're, we want to highlight our guests. Um, and yeah, it has given us the opportunity to, to speak up and, and, and to, to share when, yeah when it's appropriate. Um, so yeah, as a shy person, I appreciate having um, a place for my voice. Yeah. And with the, the voice part to um, getting to, getting to learn to enjoy listening to my voice, because um, I like going back and listening partially as a, an enlifted thing. Like you, that's what professionals do. They go back and they listen to themselves, but also I like to do it to hear, um, how did that sound? And it's super fun getting to go back and listen to your conversations you had with friends. Like I find myself listening, laughing at the exact same places mm -hmm. before we start laughing on the recording. Like I'll hear something, I'll start laughing. And then we all <laughs> laugh along. Um, so I laugh at the exact same spaces or even thinking like, oh, I didn't ask this question or we didn't talk about this and getting to hear, oh, we did. We did actually touch on that. Um, and learning to love on myself while listening to my voice, because it's tricky to listen to your own voice sometimes. And especially if you're there um, thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm going really slow while talking. Why am I talking so slow? Or, oh, what, what am I even talking about? Like have <laughs> the judgment voices coming in. So learning to appreciate and love listening to me and being like, it's, it's good. It's okay. You're learning and you're growing. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that. Super cool. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so how would you recommend our listeners go about starting their own pirate life and taking uh, bold actions? Find two minutes in your day, go outside by yourself, close your eyes and listen, just listen. Because the first thing that pops into your head could be the best thing for you to help move yourself forward. But giving yourself that opportunity to just be quiet for a couple of minutes and be connected to the earth and find that energy. Um, I've personally found a lot of beauty in that. And so that's something that I want to encourage others to do. Great advice. Mm -hmm. Thanks for talking with us today. Thank you for having me on. This was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe and share with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Hop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And keep creating good trouble. <laughs>